are four things you need to know up front. One, while we are talking to you, we're not talking about you. Your specific situation may not apply to our general podcast analysis. Two, the info we're using came from sources we think are reliable, but their accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed, not even by the companies issuing the data. Three, you cannot rely on the past results of any investment for future performance. The past is never exactly repeated, so past results can never predict future performance with any reliability. Four, there are many kinds of risk in any investment, no matter what may or may not be guaranteed. Look closely and consult your investment, legal, and tax advisors for deeper one-on-one discussion and analysis. Welcome to our Off the Cuff series, where the guest gets control. Today, we have Kyle Stowers of the Baltimore Orioles, a Stanford grad, uh, and soon we believe will be in the majors with a trio of really exciting young AAA players in the Oriole organization. Welcome, Kyle. Yeah, thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is this is your this is your turn, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, welcome everyone. Then welcome to my turn, my time to shine. Um, no, I so uh, as for me as kind of uh, in my baseball career uh, through college and in my early professional career, uh, one of the things I've really realized um, is the importance of mindset. And um, so I, I guess I would ask you just kind of how would you correlate like you know. Um, something like someone who's super mechanical in baseball, very in, in body, you know, very in tune with how their body's moving, all that stuff. Like how, you know, Connor, how his pitching mechanics are or how my hitting mechanics are versus, you know, maybe focusing on more external cues or maybe more mentality mindset, you know, getting in the right headspace, right chemistry. Um, how would you compare that in, or, or kind of, uh, yeah, compare that to what goes on in the market and how as an investor can you, be too mechanical versus, you know, mentality and stuff like that. Wow. Super interesting. And thank you for bringing that up, Kyle. That, 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 that's a cool question. Cause you, you, you started so many images in my head. The first thing <laughs> I remember is, you know, in, in baseball, uh, sometimes a pitcher is a pitcher just cause he can throw a ball and not much else. Mm-hmm. You, you know, the kind of guys that they barely can get off the mound uh, and then there are other people for whom it just seems to come very naturally. Their brain is wired in. They seem to understand their body. Uh, it's as though their body responds before their brain tells them to do mm-hmm. it. Uh, sure. Yes, that absolutely happens in investing yeah. too. And I'm not going to use it in a, say it in any sort of a disparaging way. But but think about in the universe of baseball players, there there's best and there's worst, right? Yep. Now the best, do you do you do you tend to see that they have the traits of an artist? Yeah, yeah, it becomes a craft. Yeah, right, right. It, it's something that I, it's beyond. It's it's doing more than's needed to be good. You know, mm-hmm. um, I used to talk to a, a writing professor at UCLA a lot about Stephen King. I don't like the horror genre, but I love the way he writes. And his comment always was, "That's because it's a lot better than it needed to be." He's operating yeah. at an artistic level. And I would tell you, there's the same thing in investing. Uh, investing is a very complicated world. And in the nicest possible way, I would, I, have you ever heard of the 80-20 rule or Pareto's law? And regard, uh, just for, for diet, yeah. Or I've, I've talked <laughs> okay. about it with diet, yeah. Well, 
it's an observation that in the world, groups tend to clump in certain ways and that you'll see that the, the top 20% will command 80% of a market or that uh, the top 20% is, is really sort of the cream of something. And I would submit to you that in the investment industry, and you can see it just by the way returns peg against uh, market indices, that most of it is mechanical. Hmm. And and I think it's mechanical for a reason that I find a little upsetting, but I also find it an opportunity. It's mechanical because think about the risk. If I know that I've backed up my risk by getting you to sign all kinds of paper, I'll run risk analysis, I'll put you in mutual funds that are highly diversified. I can run you all kinds of reports that all day long say, you lost money, but look, your risk was ter- perfectly reasonable. You suffered just like everybody else, so be happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. right. And and that to me is just a very mechanical way of doing things. That's just getting but, through it, yeah. going through the motions for right. us. Right. Now- uh, and I was having a conversation with somebody because uh, I, I call myself a value buy and hold investor. And someone was telling me the other day, he said, but you just made 12 trades in the last two months. I was like, yeah, I made three more yesterday. And that's because we live in a dynamic world. Yeah. I might be buy and hold in my philosophy, but if the world's changing around me in a material way, and we certainly see it in the last six months, the inflation rate has gone up, the consumer price index, which tracks that's gone way up. We have war in Central Europe that's impacting fertilizer and wheat shipments. There's a lot of big stuff happening in the world. And if, as a financial investor, you sit back and go, yeah, I'm chill. <laughs> that's being a robot, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, we look at it and we say, okay, what are the implications? Mm-hmm. What does this imply going forward? What is the market missing? Uh, and I can tell you there are certain limitations of the way the market will look at the world that we're not constrained by. Uh, for example, a lot of risk products look at just the risk of a stock. Now, to me, that's a crazy thing. The risk of a stock. The stock isn't actually a commodity. The stock isn't a business, the stock's just a piece of paper, right? Yeah. What it represents, though, is something underneath that has a risk. Mm -hmm. And so when these risk companies don't measure that, it makes me nuts. And then I see an industry go, well, we'll accept those ratings because they seem conservative. Mm -hmm. And it kind of locks you into a sort of an underperformance. Gotcha. In my humble opinion. Yeah. So- yeah, I, I, I would say that there's, there's, there are definitely differences. And you'll see it too by access. Mm-hmm. In other words, unless you have enough money and enough experience, do you have access to the very best funds and the very best fund managers out there? I guess no. It's certainly no. Because yeah. the minimum <laughs> buy-ins uh, can be as high as a quarter of a million bucks. Yeah. So it's something you kind of have to – earn your way up to sure. in, in terms of credibility as an investor. Gotcha. Uh, um, so actually I have a, I think it ties into a, a good uh, topic of uh, um, I'd say baseball investing. It's very result oriented. Um, the problem with that is that there's a lot of failure and there's a lot of misses. And so, um, you know, it's a, it's an interesting contrast of, okay, I need results, but what's the best way to get those results when I'm dealing with a ton of failure? And importantly, should investing be as volatile as baseball? Let's just start there. No, should it? No, because no, 
Should not, not. Hopefully not. <laughs> no, because what, what's a success rate in baseball as a hitter that gets you to a Hall of Fame? Uh, three out of 10, 30%. Yeah, you're getting close to venture capital type numbers yeah. and, and where they're like one out of 10. They can make mm-hmm. it work. But as retail investors, we, we, have to, we have to operate at a much higher level of success. Yeah. And, and the way we do that is, is again, it is, it is all about looking at risk. Uh, baseball, you look at the risk in how you set your strategy, right? Mm-hmm. So you, yeah. And when you're setting your strategy, you're taking advantage of, of what your strengths are and also hopefully bending your opponent's strengths against them or exploiting his weaknesses, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, in investing, you do the same thing. The way we look at setting up a core portfolio, uh, think about the volatility. We've talked about Alcoa before, right? Alcoa is going to be volatile because it doesn't profit share very much. So as an investor, if I invest in Alcoa and I see their numbers don't look so good, the only way I make money with Alcoa is how if they don't profit share with me very much. They got to be doing very stock well. Stock, right. no, yeah. The stock has to go up. The company could be doing fine. The stock could still go down. But the stock uh, has to go up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, when we look at investments in a corporate, we sit there and say, well, you know, if a company is going to profit, if a company is profitable, they're paying their, their, their employees, they're paying the management, they're paying the board of directors, they're paying all their vendors. But if you're not paying me as an owner, I'm gonna, I should get a little pissed, shouldn't I? You're making me take on risk that none of the rest of you are willing to take on. Right. To me, that's a little messed up in my important, flexible, needed capital portfolio. So we'll target companies that are going to profit share with us three, four. Uh, yesterday, I bought a security that's going to profit share eight and a half percent. Have you ever heard of KKR or, or uh, Kravis, Kohlberg, and Roberts? I have not. Uh, they're one of the most famous buy. They they almost started the leverage buyout business. Well, they made it very popular the same way Michael Milken made junk bonds very popular. They're one of the great old names in finance, and they have a they have a trust that basically trades in corporate mortgages. Now, in a raising res, in a raising rate environment, I don't like residential mortgages. Those are tough to play, mm-hmm. but uh, a lot of floating rate first first mortgages on good corporations that KKR is managing the portfolio, I feel good about that. And they're going to profit share with me currently at 8.5%, plus I have upside. Now, think about how much that de-risks. If I then have a portfolio of 30, 40 different securities across a wide variety of businesses, how does that set me up? Yeah, I mean- It's a lot less failure, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, that's, and that's a lot of what drives our perspective. Remember, I, I talked about how before you're an entrepreneur, you're, you're, you're risking everything on yourself. And when you're mm-hmm. successful, and I get it, I get you go, oh, all this money came to me. How do I prevent it from going away? It's a risky thing. Mm-hmm. But that's something that I was taught at a very early age. No, it's not a very risky thing. Don't let it go. Yeah. Don't bet that capital on your next venture. Use that capital as your base. It's your home yeah. base as your springboard for your next, next adventure. Mm-hmm. So I'll put uh, anything else you want. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I guess just kind of keeping it in line with the you know correlation with baseball and or just you know athletes and and investing. Um, I know we talked about you know being in the moment and the importance of um, when you get you know flustered by something to you know detach yourself from it. Um, how would you balance that with the importance of routine? And do you feel like there is an importance of routine in investing? Because I would say a lot of athletes would be like, you know, 
being the same person, doing the same things at the field every day. Um, as far as like the routine standpoint to get you where you need to be is important. And I wondered if you had any thoughts on that. Oh, it's so important, right? Because routine brings us back to mindsets, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Especially those morning routines, those let's get awake routine. Oh, absolutely. Uh, And and it's because I think of investing as being a very uh, monk-like practice. It's almost Mm -hmm. as though I'm in a quiet garden early in the morning with a lovely vegan cappuccino by my side and I'm looking at my screens and wheeling around my spreadsheets and I feel really comfortable and happy. Probably mm-hmm. the same way you do when you're just stretching out your arm and, and just starting yeah. to get those first shoulder stretches in and right? Yep, absolutely. Yep. It kind of brings you to a happy place, doesn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and then everything goes to hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when the game starts, yeah, and then right? the day starts. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> But but, that's, but think about you approach it that way as opposed to you came in and you're angry. Yeah. Right? That day's game's not going to be so no. good unless 100%. you know how to channel that anger the right way. Yeah. And in investing, there's almost no way to channel anger the right way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I guess like to your point, if a, not that emotion is always bad, but trying to you know be as logical and stable as possible is important in general. Yeah, I mean, imbo- emotions are important. We, we are yeah. emotional beings. It's just when do they serve us and when, and when do come, they work yeah. against us? Yeah, yep, and, absolutely. And, yeah, and as, uh, uh, you'll hear me say it all the time. If you're angry or you're sad, you're in your past. If you're fearful, you're in the future where, mm-hmm. where we don't even know what's going to happen. So that's probably fake. And if you're feeling happy, it means you're probably right here right now. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's well put. How about uh, neutral? That's right here, right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's also kind of, if you think about it, neutral's kind of happy. Yeah, yeah. Neutral's, neutral's happy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I ask an athlete. We, we, it's like, it's when you get to there, it's like, yeah, that, that's it's actually happy. Yeah, excited is a different thing from happy. Mm-hmm. Excited can actually work against you. In fact, it does. It's we actually future. did a podcast on excitement and action about how people try to excite you to, to jump you into scams yeah. and stuff. Right. <laughs> Super excited to buy my fake designer jackets. (laughs) 